This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. Growing up in the Netherlands, my guest was told by her parents to live a, quote, normal life, which meant marry a rich man, stick to the rules, and follow the status quo. But that is not what she wanted. Instead, she left everything behind, moved to America, and went from no money in the bank to becoming a self-made millionaire. And she wants to show others how they can do it, too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my guest is Celine Charlotte. Celine, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this conversation. Me too. At age 29, 29, you became an entrepreneur with your first business, which was incredibly unique. You started renting out your own living room as an alternative meeting spot for corporations. How did that happen? I was so focused. I had always on my vision board that I wanted to live in a beautiful house. And I was living in the time in Amsterdam. I was walking uh, on the canals, looking at those gorgeous big houses. And I was like, okay, what is the fastest way for me to live in one of those houses? I didn't have the money to buy one. I might have had the money to like, you know, rent one, but then I could only afford one month of rent. So that's when I came up with that idea. Like, okay, if I just start renting it, myself and then re-rent it on a daily basis and I allow people to use my kitchen and my living room for meetings, then I can afford it. So that's what I did. And it worked. Big name companies too rented out your space. We're talking Apple, Nike, Disney, Booking.com. I think it was something like 500 euros a day. I don't know what that translates to American dollars right now, but you had tremendous success within just a very short period of time. You grew so quickly. I used to be a journalist right before that. So when I came up with this idea, I knew that the media, if I would write to my old journalist friends, that they would like the idea of this. So that really helped. I came on television with the idea in newspapers. And so a lot of other companies read about it and then they came. And 500 euros is approximately $500 too. So. Oh, okay. So it's pretty equal. At least today yeah. it is. Who knows what it's going to yeah, be tomorrow. <laughs> so you just mentioned about being a journalist and you did that for seven years before going into business yourself. And you wrote for a number of major Dutch newspapers and your topic was specifically what? What was your space that you wrote about? So for me, the whole purpose of being a journalist was not as much as as most journalists, they want to bring the news. And for me, I choose the career of being a journalist mostly to educate myself. So I thought, but that's really smart because I'm young. (laughs) I usually can't talk to a lot of people, you know, with big influences or a really admirable career. But if I'm a journalist, I have the uh, resources and I can talk to them. So I choose to write a lot about entrepreneurship and a lot about self-development. And I read all these books and I started to 
get to know, you know, the big names in the industry. So after doing that for seven years, I thought, okay, now is the time that I can start my own company, try to be an entrepreneur. At such a young age, and it grew so quickly, you grew to something like four locations, you had a team of 15 people, and you did this for four years. And then you began to expand from working in your living room concept (laughs) to sharing your knowledge through online courses. You managed to turn 50,000 followers on Instagram into more than $18,000 in sales, even though you say you hate the spotlight. What are the secrets that you are sharing in your courses about how you did all of this? I was so stuck in my story of I'm a journalist. I'm not somebody in front of the camera. I can't. I'm too shy for it. You know, I don't have the right appearance for it. So I was really stuck in the idea that I was a shy person. Then I realized that if I wanted to promote my meeting venues, that it would be really good to be on camera. So I started an Instagram account and I started to vlog on Instagram stories every day documenting what I did. So I started telling my followers and there were only like 40 followers in the beginning, like, oh, today I sent an email or, oh, I have a difficult client and this is how I'm going to approach it. And then the people who followed me started telling their own friends, like, oh, this girl, she's, you know, building this huge business. And the more success I got with my first business, the more people start following me. I think I had around 10,000 followers at the time and I was vlogging every day. I realized, hey, this is actually really interesting. If I just create a course instead of just giving everything for free, (laughs) I could make money as an online business. (laughs) And that's when I created my first online course. And that's been four years. And indeed, since then, it's 18,000 students. Yeah, a couple million in, in profit in online courses. Very impressive, to say the least. What I find so interesting about your story also is that all of this knowledge that you share and the approach that you have on life is really coming from a place of hard-earned experience and a lot of significant challenges that you faced growing up. What were some of those challenges that you had to overcome? Well, I'm pretty open about my eating disorder. I had an eating disorder from the age of 11 till 21. And if you really dig deep, there's a lot of things you can say that caused that. Um, For one, there was sexual abuse in my youth. Uh, I had a pretty difficult relationship I think with myself in the way that I was so shy and I was too shy to almost talk to people when I was a teenager. I like to be open about that so if you go on my Instagram or if you listen to my podcast I talk a lot about it because I noticed that the more vulnerable and open I am the more people relate to me Mm -hmm. and the more people I can help in that way. So that is one of the things that I love as, as an entrepreneur a little bit more in the spotlight. There's so much opportunity for me to just share my stories and with that story help other people. One of the other things that you've talked about on your Instagram accounts, that you had to overcome that very strict Christian upbringing. And they had a philosophy, marry a man to take care of you. What was the turning point for you in realizing that this was not authentic to who you are? Well, I think first off, it didn't really happen with the man. I was like, okay, where is that man? So I We're think, all wondering that. Yes. I think a little bit also out of necessity, I was like, okay, I'm getting older and older. There's no guy inside. Maybe this whole old fashioned idea of what I have in my mind that I'm going to find this really successful guy who's going to take care of me. Maybe it's not going to work out that way. And what can I do? So in the meantime, while actually like waiting for the guy, I was just self-developing, building my business and realized all of a sudden like, oh, (laughs) it's actually not necessary to think about marriage. Yeah, the more traditional roles in a family like that. 
one of your missions today is showing women that they can be financially successful on their own. You taught yourself how to make your own money without relying on anybody for support. And that is a scary prospect, I think, for a lot of women. Then they end up staying in relationships that are not healthy because of that. So what additional philosophies do you live by about money? Oh, man, money is amazing. So one of the things (laughs) that I really try to be so transparent about is the joy that money brings. A lot of people, when they think about money, a lot of women, when they think about money, it feels heavy or they can't really reach it. And if you just start celebrating even the amount of money you make now or the choices that you make with your money, I think that's a really important starting point. Even if you get a coffee for $5. Just celebrate that you can get that cup of coffee and that money is allowing you to have these experiences and these fun things in your life. And the more grateful you become about what money is already doing in your life, I think the more you attract money into your life because you start realizing money is not heavy, it's fun. I love that. Money is fun. I'm going to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) What gave you the courage to walk away from it all, to walk away from the Netherlands, to walk away from this family dynamic that you had to live with, leave the Netherlands and come to America? What gave you that courage? To be honest, sometimes I ask myself, why do I do this? Like, <laughs> I've moved so many places in my life. I also lived in Bangkok, in uh, Japan, in Bali for a while. And it's almost at every time when everything seems to be going fine. I had a house in Amsterdam, I had my friends, I had my business, that I feel this urge of growing again, that I feel this urge of just starting all over again and discovering it again. For me, America always felt like one of the countries where the possibilities were, were the biggest. I speak Dutch, so I grew up, of course, in with a smaller language. Everything in the world seems to be that, you know, if you speak English and if you're really fluent in English and if you have a reach in the American markets, it's just there are more possibilities for you. So for me, I always knew that that was kind of the end goal to go to America. And I love the American people and the nature and everything here. I want to say two years ago when I got the urge again to grow or, or move things in my life that I felt like, okay, America is the, is the way to go. You call yourself that digital nomad from having lived in so many different places. And you just mentioned a number of different countries and cities. What did you learn about yourself during that digital nomad period of time? Or are you still in that period of time? Or is America <laughs> going to be home for a while? I think I'm pretty settled down now. But I think my sense of curiosity, you know, when you move to another country, there are several things you can do. You can just think like, okay, right, I found my Airbnb or hotel, and now I'm going to try to make everything as safe as quickly as possible. But I noticed that I was always trying out new hobbies or, you know, really getting out there, trying to meet people. So I noticed that I have this really sense of adventure and curiosity to the world around me. And that helps me, I think, overcome now whenever, whatever I face, even if it's, you know, understanding the taxes in the U.S., I know that I can figure it out. If I'm just being curious and leave with curiosity instead of with fear, that that will bring me the furthest. Well, when you figure out the tax system in the U.S., let everybody else know, okay? (laughs) Besides your online courses and your coaching programs, you have a couple of hugely successful podcasts. You have a Dutch podcast, and now you have one here in America. What are your podcasts about? It's interesting because most of my courses are about business. So I really teach the business skills and money skills. But if you look at my marketing and my podcast and the content that I make, it's mostly personal development. So that's why most people also 
hear of me or come to me because they've heard I've done ayahuasca or they heard I went to a Tantra uh, event or they heard, you know, all these weird stuff that I do because I love personal development. That's how people get to know me. And then after a while, they start realizing, oh, and she has actually a really successful business and she gives courses about that. So my podcasts are pretty personal in the way that I talk about heartbreak, about, about the eating disorder, about everything that has to do with personal development more in a broader sense. Well, today you're managing more than 30 people on your team and they're all around the world. What's your secret to managing it all? Oh, stop it. No, not good. <laughs> I'm still in the learning process of that. It's just that I realized there's so many aspects right now that I need team members for. So it's not only, of course, the socials, also the podcast and the courses. And I'm just rebuilding my whole business here in America. And I thought it would be really smart to just hire a lot of people to help me with it. But that, <laughs> that being said, I'm still learning how to be a good manager. And I'm convinced that most really good entrepreneurs are not the best managers because everything that brings you really far as an entrepreneur, for instance, you have to be pretty stubborn. And you have to go against the grain, thinking outside of the box. That isn't usually the best quality to have as a leader of a group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to combine those two. And I'm really trying to learn to be a better leader and a better manager. It definitely has its ups and downs. What I obviously also talk about really candidly and open. What is your definition of a good leader? I'm still figuring that out. It was actually last week that I realized that I didn't really have a vision for myself. Whenever I try to reach or manifest something, I usually write it out in vivid detail. And I was like, oh, I should do that for me as a leader. Like, how do I see myself as a leader? And I think I've always written, you know, so many letters about myself as a millionaire or as a really successful entrepreneur and never as somebody who's really good in leading people. Mm. So I should really think about that more and start doing that. It's actually on my list for somewhere this week. Well, you're so young still and still so <laughs> successful, but I am curious as an entrepreneur, it's rarely easy to start a business. What has been, would you say perhaps the biggest mistake that you've made? And what is the lesson that you learned from that mistake? It works for me the best whenever I have a creative idea to try to deliver it to the market as soon as possible. So for instance, yesterday I thought of a new product, an online product. So I uh, figured out I'm going to sell care packages. And these care packages are online classes of two hours where I talk about, you know, stuff like heartbreak or rejections. And then I talk about what helped me through it. And for me to not lose enthusiasm, I have to literally sit down that day and try to bring it as far as I can so that the idea is as much executed as possible in order to not lose my enthusiasm. And I think that when I'm looking back, I had so many good ideas in the past years and especially in the beginning, and I just didn't do it or, I, you know, I worked on it too long. Perfectionism is, I think, the enemy of uh, <laughs> most entrepreneurs. <laughs> and just trying as fast as possible to get it out there when you're still enthusiastic about the idea. I think that's a really important one. As you look back over what I'm going to call your very young life and how far you've come in such a short period of time, what are you most proud of, Celine? I think the independence that I took care of myself first and that I'm now indeed independent from any guy and looking back at my childhood and um, how I was raised and the idea that you're like stuck with the guy you you're gonna marry that I don't have that problem that's something I'm really proud of and that gives me a lot of safety in myself you're living in the United States specifically Arizona it's a great place to be how do you today Celine 
define what it means to live your best life. When I wake up in the morning and I feel hungry for the day, so I'm excited to wake up, I'm excited to start the day, that's, I think, happiness. And then at the end of the day, when I'm satisfied with the day, and I go to bed really early, like I, I'm going to bed at 7 p.m., <laughs> but when I, when I go to bed, I'm like, okay, this was an amazing day. That is happiness and that is satisfaction. Maybe it's what 7 p.m. is what time in the Netherlands. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> you know what it is? So I'm single. And I realized a couple of years ago that I just don't like the evenings that much. I feel always a little bit lonely. I feel that the whole world is, you know, having amazing evenings. And I was like, why am I actually waiting on the couch until I can go to bed? <laughs> well, I love the morning. So I go to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> and I wake up at 5 a.m. and I have a blast in the morning. So <laughs> I just changed my rhythm a little bit. <laughs> Folks, you can learn a lot more about Celine on her website, which is CelineCharlotte.com. That's CelineCharlotte.com. You can learn about her courses. You can learn about her podcasts. You can learn about her coaching and you can learn just about her. She's amazing. Celine, congratulations on all of your success. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today, in particular about never giving up on your personal dreams and finding a way, finding a way to make it work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Really enjoyed it and for your beautiful questions. Oh, thank you, Celine. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. May Celine's story of finding a way through sheer will inspire you to go after living your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and fast twitch media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.